0: Welcome to Macquarie Street, the national political podcast coming to you from the crucible of Australian democracy. Here's your host, Lyle Shelton. This is
1: not yet a human. And why did you write that? Because everyone is talking about murder and um, it's just, it's, it's me. It's not somebody else yet.
0: Chilling stuff. More on that later in the show. Hello and welcome to the political podcast that goes where the mainstream media won't. It's great to have your company once again on the Macquarie Street Podcast. Sticking with the baby theme, do men really have them? The mainstream media want us to think so. Family First contested the by-election for the Adelaide seat of Bragg. At the weekend, I'll tell you how we fared. Also, it's always good to see our people fighting back with grace and an invitation to dialogue when faced with hate and threats of violence. I'll tell you what the pro-life group, the Enid Lyons List did when they were faced with this. All this and more, please stick around. (laughs) Stories about men giving birth are becoming passe despite their inherent untruth. We are either no longer shocked or we are simply fatigued. Media serve up a constant diet of the outworking of rainbow ideology uncritically. Much of society is indoctrinated, especially the young. The latest tale of seemingly defying biology is of two Melbourne women, one of whom, Kim Lee, claims to be a man who has just had a baby. Her or, according to preferred pronouns, his wife is Julie Lee's. After Julie was Unable to become pregnant through IVF, Lee decided to dial back her testosterone injections so her body could function naturally, again allowing her to fall pregnant. Both women created embryos with the help of at least one sperm donor. Both Lee and Lees are listed as parents on baby Morgan's birth certificate. Morgan has no father and it would presumably be offensive for him, or is it her, because Rainbow ideology deems assigning gender to babies to be presumptuous, to refer to Lee as Morgan's mother. Confused? Not as much as a new generation of rainbow children cut adrift from biological parents and biological reality. The couple's obstetrician, Dr. Scott Shermer of the Royal Women's Hospital's Francis Perry House, said this, the shape of families coming to see me is so different now. I see in the waiting room we now have three surrogates. I'm looking after so many single patients who come in with sperm donors. There are more women in their 40s and 50s with egg donors. Society puts so many barriers on who can access pregnancy care. We have this vision of family behind a white picket fence, mum, dad, and two healthy kids. It's just very different now, and every person deserves the right to create the family they want. We need to make this more visible, he said. Now, a lengthy story featured in the nine newspapers of Lee and Lee's, and it doesn't discuss the ethics of surrogacy or sperm donation. Journalist Wendy Toohey, nine newspapers senior writer focusing on social issues and those impacting women and girls, simply assumes these things are self-evident goods. Too, he seems to know nothing of the multiple parliamentary inquiries forced on politicians by children, denied the love and knowledge of their natural parents because of assisted reproductive technology. She seems to know nothing of the ethics of hiring out women's wombs and creating a commercial trade in human babies, a key demand of same-sex marriage activists who also want gay married men to have the same access to what Shema calls pregnancy care. Now, rainbow ideology is reshaping our society at a rapid rate with no discussion about the impacts on children and women women who become gestational carriers for rainbow families. We're even allowing rainbow ideology to reshape language and reality. This is embodied in this from Tui's piece where Lee says, I want the majority of straight cisgendered population to be reminded that we're human first. Well, of course that is. Cisgendered means people who identify as the same gender they were given at birth. Now, when were any of us asked of us asked if we wanted to buy into whether or not we are male or female without the bizarre qualifier, cis. Do we really believe that men can give birth? It's time that ethics, logic and science was applied to the political and cultural demands of the LGBTIQA plus activists. Now as you heard at the top of the show, a heavily pregnant woman who wrote not yet a human across her belly, was due to give birth the next day. Amanda Herring, 32, was protesting last month in Washington, D.C. against the Supreme Court of the United States' decision to allow elected representatives to determine abortion policy. Images of her pregnant midriff protest went viral on social media around the world. Take a listen. I'm going to go out on a
1: limb here and say that
0: you are very pregnant.
1: I am very pregnant. I am due tomorrow. Oh my goodness. And are you due to be indu- induced or are you going to wait and see? I'm going to wait and see. Okay. Yeah. Well, Now tell me about what you have written on your stomach. Sure. Um, so this is a part of me right now. Um, I'm Jewish and according to Jewish law and tradition, life begins with the first breath and at birth. And that if anything were to happen up until then, that it is part of me and it is my decision it's part of my body it's like a limb I mean it is a significant part of me but it, it's my decision okay so I see you have written here can you, can you read it to me? yeah it says not yet a human Reward. and why did you write that? because everyone is talking about murder and um, it's just it's, it's me it's not somebody else yet I have a child this is a person this is a person with will this is a person who has Decision making power and this is me. What do you think of today's decision? It's awful. I mean it's horrible. I don't know, you know, what parts this baby is gonna have, but if he or she does not have the options that they need to make bodily choices around what they can do with their own life, I I don't know how to protect them in the world.
0: Her views, which are out of step with mainstream thinking on abortion, mirror those of Australian politicians who have legalized abortion to birth. In most states. Herring said it was not murder to kill an unborn baby the day before birth, something Australian law also permits. While late-term abortions are relatively rare, they do happen and they even happen when there is a healthy mother and a healthy baby in some circumstances. Now despite public unease about late-term abortion, Australian state politicians have routinely rejected amendments to outlaw the practice or to curb it. Uh, because that means acknowledging the humanity of the unborn. Baby surviving premature birth earlier and earlier with care in neonatal units has made coherent policy problematic for supporters of abortion. News.com.au shone a light on the conundrum, highlighting the reaction to herring swollen belly protest of pro-abortion supporters. Yeah, this is not going to help the pro-choice community. This is exactly what pro-lifers are concerned about one person said online. Another agreed, whether you are pro-life or pro-choice, I don't know how someone that far along in the pregnancy can deny that they are having a human being inside them, end quote. Now, Family First is pro-life and we're committed to a civil and informed debate about supporting women with unsupported pregnancies and for human rights for the unborn. Threats of violence and hate mail from pro-abortion activists forced last Saturday's Enid Lyons youth mentoring event in Adelaide to switch venues for safety reasons. Sadly, precautions like this are becoming more necessary for groups seeking to promote policies uh, which favour human rights for the unborn, better choices for women and family policy as it has been understood across time, culture and religions. Despite the threats... The leadership and mentoring event, which was attended by predominantly young women, it went ahead without incident. The protesters who were incited by South Australian Greens, MLC, Tammy Franks, and the Adelaide Advertiser newspaper turned up at the vacant advertised venue where there was a heavy police presence. In a statement, the Enid Lyons List said Franks and the advertiser had willfully mischaracterised their event. It was an event which was advertised from May the 2nd, well before the Roe v. Wade court decision in the US, which apparently triggered Saturday's protesters. Now, speakers and the mentors at the Lions List training day included Family First National Chairman Tom Kenyon, a former Labour minister in the Wetherall government, and Family First South Australian Chair Deeper Matthew, a former Liberal member a Liberal Party member and a Liberal candidate. Liberal L- MLC Nicola Centafanti had COVID and dialled in by Zoom. Claire Scriven, the ALP Minister for Forestry and Prime Industries, also attended the forum. However, South Australian Liberal leader David Spears and opposition finance spokesperson Heidi Garolamo pulled out at the last minute. Now, despite this, it was good to see the Enid Lions list stand up for the right of young women to peacefully and safely attend such a forum. The Lion's List media statement pulled no punches and went on to say the following. Edith Lion's List calls out the following individuals and media organisations for their dangerous actions, which compromised the provision of safe, inclusive spaces for young women to meet and have important conversations which affect their lives, namely, MP Tammy Franks, who exhorted a pro-abortion rally to attend a private event and mischaracterised that event as an anti-abortion rally. The Adelaide Advertiser newspaper, who emailed its subscribers at 3.40pm on Friday 1 July, headlined MPs to attend anti-abortion rally and stating the event is unmistakably an anti-abortion rally. Now, it is unknown why the advertiser made this false assertion the advertiser also published the location of this private event. The newspaper did not approach Enid Lyons List for comment or background on the event prior to the event. No surprises there that the Adelaide advertiser did no checking with the organisers before making such statements. Mainstream media wonders why they are falling out of favour with so many mainstream Australians. The aim of the Lions List event was to empower young people to gain leadership skills involving mentoring, from MPs and representatives across the political spectrum. Family First will always support pro-life young people and organisations like the Enid Lyons List. May there be more of these and may they occur without the threats of violence and hate. As Enid Lyons, the first woman elected to the federal parliament, always maintained, dialogue is the way. Well, with counting still underway, Family First has achieved 2.3% of the vote in the weekend by-election for the Adelaide seat of Bragg. This was the highest vote for minor parties and independents. Jack Batty, a former staffer for Federal Liberal MP Christopher Pine, uh, claimed victory uh, in the seat last Saturday night after a big swing against the Liberal Party. The by-election was triggered by the resignation of former Liberal Deputy Premier and Attorney General Vicky Chapman. Chapman had been the person who ushered in abortion to birth laws last year in the parliament. Batty has won, but not before turning a formerly safe blue ribbon liberal seat into a very marginal one. Bragg, which takes in wealthy inner city, eastern suburbs of Adelaide, continued a nationwide trend of similar suburbs towards green left candidates. Family first candidate, Daryl McCann, was the only one backing up from the March state election and was the only local running in the by-election. Family First achieved a stronger vote than rival minor party, the Libertarian Liberal Democrats, uh, who were on 1.6% at the time of this recording. Family First is less than 12 months into a rebirth after a hiatus of several years. Our presence in the campaign caused Batty to distance himself from his predecessor's hardline stance on abortion to birth. This is the power of showing up. Focus will now shift towards building Family First campaign for the Victorian state election in November. Well, thanks for being with me again this week. Special thanks to Dave and Aidan at The Good Source for production and editing. Without their support, I couldn't bring you this podcast. In the meantime, stay engaged with politics. Goodbye.